From epic tales of mystery and magic to accounts of battle and empire. From the verses of ancient poets to the masterpieces of our times. A Light on Literature brings to life China's literary heritage and a look at the world in a new light. Hi, I'm Huang Rei. And on today's A Light on Literature, we continue to present the book The Sound of Salt Forming, short stories by the post-80s generation in China. Published by the Foreign Language Teaching and Research Press in 2016. In today's episode, we will share with you a story titled "Thick Fried Omelette." The story was written by Shu Qiao, who was born in 1980 in Shanghai. The graduate of Fudan University has published a number of novels and essays. One of them, "Deadly Delicious," has also been adapted as a film. Now, please enjoy the story, Thick Fried Omelette. I have a very important meeting at three this afternoon. I asked for some time off from the infirmary and returned home especially early. I cleaned the apartment meticulously last night, but still didn't feel like it was quite right. I poured myself a cup of tea and sat down in the armchair in the living room, examining the love seat on the other side where I'd been arranging a few yellow and grey spotted cushions. I felt like it wasn't comfortable this way or that, but when I moved them around again, it didn't look much better. The clock pointed to 2:50 p.m. I hadn't put enough tea leaves in my cup; the flavour was a little bland. There was nothing else to do but wait. I continued staring at the different sized yellow and grey cushions. There were five of them, two large and three small, khaki and mud-coloured spotted pillows. They were supposedly the new fashionable coloured pairing. So many large and small circles printed into the thick material over and over. It must have been a pop art design. At any rate, five pop art throw pillows on a love seat, where practically no guest. Ever sat just seemed a tad too many. The doorbell rang at two fifty-six. She was certainly a punctual guest. A white-skinned girl stood in the doorway. Have I kept you waiting? Hmm. I'd say you're right on time. I bent over and handed her a pair of slippers, scanning up from her tennis shoes, from her knees to her skirt to the skinny belt clasped around her waist. To her chest, to her face. Then I looked her over again. She had exceptionally beautiful skin. It glowed a little like cream toffee, soft with a sweet milky color. There was nothing remarkable about her features, though. She was small and dainty, and tinged with a touch of sassiness, like all girls that age. She walked in and confidently sat down on the love seat, prepared especially for guests. She smartly crowded the pillows that I had agonized over for so long to one side, and proceeded to act like any other visitor, accepting the refreshment I offered her while taking in her surroundings. Guests are all like that; 
they want to sit down first and adjust to their surroundings a bit. Then they're ready to chit-chat with the host. But it's up to the host to broach the first topic. After a moment of quite cordial silence, I began, Don't you have classes this afternoon? Hmm? She used her smooth, petite fingers to lift a cup. You want to know why we're meeting now? No, I just noticed you're not wearing your uniform. Your school's uniforms are quite attractive. Really? She looked at me a little surprised. She paused for a moment and then said, The school's already expelled teacher and me. The words flew from her mouth, silvery and crisp, like a small bird call. They reverberated in the living room air. The kettle in the kitchen let out a bam. The switch had flicked back to its original position. The water was done boiling. I got up and went to kitchen to pour myself a cup of tea. Just to stretch my legs. I didn't really know what to say to her. Really? Already expelled? I muttered her words over to myself in the armchair. Yep. So I decided I should come and talk it over with you. But I, I really have no idea how I can help. You have been listening to Thick Fried Omelette, a short story selected from the book The Sound of Salt Forming, short stories by the post-80s generation in China, edited by Song Gang and Yang Qingxiang, and published by the Foreign Language Teaching and Research Press. The author of the short story, Xu Tiao, was born in 1980 in Shanghai. She graduated from Fulan University with a master's degree in medical history and a bachelor's degree in intellectual history. She has published the novel A Boat Sailing to Gaoli, collections of essays, Human and Food Are Equal, A Cooking Wife's Diary, The Vitality Candy, Eat, Eat to Smile, and the translated work Taking Salmon on a Trip. She co-authored the illustrated book of fiction Fuxing Park, and her short story Deadly Delicious has been adapted as a film. I stared at her face blankly. She returned my look with another expression one of deep concern, but full of hope. The glance filled me with dread. Before my husband left, whenever he had tried to have a serious talk with me on several occasions, he always wore that exact same expression. Um, I truly have no idea what to do, I stammered. After all, he left me four months ago. I was absolutely of no use to him, so he left me. The girl stood up, somewhat nervously. But he was ultimately your husband. You don't think the fact that you had no clue about our four-month affair was a little weird? Well, maybe a little. You don't care about him at all. Well, is this what they call a loveless marriage? <clears throat> uh, yes, well, so for the past four months, you just decided to accept divorce? The speed of her words was too quick. She came on too strong. Conversing with someone like this was not easy for me. I need time to assess the situation. I had to give her a well-considered reply for both of our sakes. To tell you the truth, I don't think it's going to work out for you two, I said, rather matter-of-fact. After shooting off her questions, she had flopped back down onto the love seat. She panted softly, waiting for my reply. When she heard it, she snickered. <laughs> 
freak, she exclaimed. What was that? You're such a freak. She drew a long breath as if to repeat herself, then grinned. You have any smokes here? The cupboard over the range in the kitchen. The girl grabbed a box of cigarettes and a small ashtray and brought them back into the living room. During the four months my husband had been living with her, no one had smoked in the apartment. The air had lost all traces of smoke. The ashtrays were all clean, but now the young girl who had been sleeping with my husband had come over and was lighting up. It all felt a bit weird. Teacher never let me smoke. He refuses to let any student smoke. The girl deftly ashed her cigarette. With such a great teacher by my side, I'm always under a lot of pressure, not to mention having to live with him. He's always making me do this and that, or not do this or that, all for my own good. Yeah, he's really a piece of work. Really? He was always that way when you two were together, no? Absolutely. So how did you, you know, deal with it? Oh, just don't pay attention to him, I said. Some things are best ignored. You want a Coke? Yes. Want ice? Yeah. She watched as I poured her a cup of gurgling soda, then added six cubes of ice. I'm all out of ice. I'll go and make some more. She followed me into the kitchen and helped me remove the ice maker from the freezer. She watched as I filled the plastic cube tray with tepid water. Teacher says you're a doctor. Yep. What kind of doctor? Oh, well, um, the kind with the least prospects. A geriatric doctor. People get old, get sick, uh, or not, and die every day in the retirement home. I'm the one who gives them their final treatments before passing away. But think about it. When they reach the end, it's natural they wouldn't need any treatment. The only thing to do is to let them pass on. The retirement home doesn't need to meddle, and their relatives would be fine. So there's basically nothing there in common with teacher's work. It's definitely not the kind of job that inspires hope, I say. You have been listening to Thick Fried Omelette, a short story selected from the book The Sound of Salt Forming, short stories by the post-80s generation in China. Edited by Song Gang and Yang Qingxiang, and published by the Foreign Language Teaching and Research Press. The author of the short story, Xu Tiao, was born in 1980 in Shanghai. She graduated from Fulan University with a master's degree in medical history and a bachelor's degree in intellectual history. She has published the novel A Boat Sailing to Gaoli, collections of essays, Human and Food Are Equal, A Cooking Wife's Diary, The Vitality Candy, Eat, Eat to Smile, and the translated work Taking Salmon on a Trip. She co-authored the illustrated book of fiction Fuxing Park, and her short story Deadly Delicious has been adapted as a film. The cube tray was full of water and needed to go back into the freezer. The girl helped open the freezer door as I gingerly hefted the swollen container up, carefully placing it onto its frozen shelf. We worked slowly, in tandem. How did you both first meet? On a blind date. Oh, you guys' generation love doing that, she muttered. It wasn't that long ago. I recalled when I first met my husband, 
how we fell in love and then got married. Not more than six or seven years ago, but six or seven years to this young girl seemed like an eternity. Why don't you have any children? I didn't say a word. I closed the freezer door and headed straight back to the living room. I picked up my cold teacup and took a sip. I'm sorry, a sore spot perhaps? No, the kitchen's too hot. I'm really thirsty. I cradled the cup and took another drink. In this weather, it's always best to drink tea cool. Now, why didn't we have any children? Well, when we got married, we were already kind of old. Add to that our two careers and we really weren't in any shape to want to, I suppose. The girl smiled slightly. I'm hungry. What do you have to eat? Nothing. So what do you usually eat? I grab a box lunch at the retirement home when I'm working overtime. What about when you're not working overtime? Then I bring the box home. Can I take a look in the fridge? Yeah, be my guest. She pulled open the fridge door and stuck her head inside, poking around for a second. She glanced at the stove top, then closed the door, carrying four eggs. I want to fire up an omelette. Is that all right? Uh, it's okay, right? Yes, of course, but an omelette? You only have four eggs and one small pan in your house, she shot back, rolling her eyes. She washed her hands and started cracking open the eggs, continuing as she worked. If I had five or six eggs, I'd make you a frittata. With five or six eggs, it'd be worth buying some other vegetables to go with them. And if you don't even have four? Well, then it's not worth a special trip to the store to buy them. Around here, I usually only keep a few eggs, like two or three. If it's three, she began to smear all around the pan, it's best to just fry them up. If it's two, it's best to make a pair of white boiled eggs, the ones with the soft yolks. They make a nice scene on the plate sitting there next to each other. What if there's only one hanging around? Then it's not worth the effort. Just toss it out. In a girl's place, if there's only one egg in the fridge, just toss it, she said, coldly. She flipped the gas switch on the stovetop. A blue flame shot up and danced about. After a minute, she dipped some chopsticks into the egg and let it drip down into the pan. The juices sizzled as they touched the surface. It's ready to cook. She poured the eggs into the pan with a shorthand, first spreading them out into a thin, uniform layer and then waiting for the skin to lightly congeal. She folded the mixture over, scooting the skin forward. A new layer of egg batter quickly flowed into the pan. When it firmed up, she made another fold. She went at it like this for quite a while. Slowly, a thick, alluring, bubbling crescent began to rise from the pan. I stood there admiring from the side and offered an utterly sincere compliment. Wow, what a beautiful omelette. Done in a square pan, it'd look even more impressive, the girl responded calmly. Can I have a taste? Of course. I grabbed two small plates and two pairs of chopsticks and carried them into the kitchen. The omelette had already been moved to a porcelain plate she had pulled from God knows where and was oddly placed on the table. What flavour is this? I asked like an idiot. I wasn't sure if you preferred sweet or savoury food, so I added both soy sauce and sugar. I love salty stuff. You 
You have been listening to Thick Fried Omelette, a short story selected from the book The Sound of Salt Forming, short stories by the post-80s generation in China, edited by Song Gang and Yang Qingxiang, and published by the Foreign Language Teaching and Research Press. The author of the short story, Xu Tiao, was born in 1980 in Shanghai. She graduated from Fulan University with a master's degree in medical history and a bachelor's degree in intellectual history. She has published the novel A Boat Sailing to Gaoli, collections of essays, Human and Food Are Equal, A Cooking Wife's Diary, The Vitality Candy, Eat, Eat to Smile, and the translated work Taking Salmon on a Trip. She co-authored the illustrated book of fiction Fuxing Park, and her short story Deadly Delicious has been adapted as a film. My chopsticks pinched off a big piece of the thick omelette and carried it to my mouth. The flavour was unexpectedly rich and juicy. The skin had a multi-layered texture from the girl's skillful use of different temperatures. I could feel the various layers in my mouth. As I grasped in amazement at the taste, she blurted out, "Teacher loves to eat sweet things." My mouth was jammed with food, and I suddenly realised she was still here. There was a moment's silence. In the omelette fog of the kitchen, you could hear me munching and gulping down the food. I'd barely swallowed the delicious egg down when I turned to her and said, "Frankly, sorry." She stared straight at me, not saying a word, like she was fixing in her eyes the ugly image of me wolfing down the omelet. I'm sorry. I've never eaten an omelet so good. The girl remained silent. Maybe she was on the verge of tears, but she wasn't. It was my eyes that were welling up. Come to think of it, I've never made anything so good in my life. I sniffed. I was never a good wife. Not even a match for you. Her expression seemed serious. She didn't budge an inch. Are you a good doctor then? Well, I don't really think so. She snickered loudly. <laughs> Your life is sad. I laughed bitterly, but she was right. She briskly leapt up and looked at me, hard. All right, I'll leave tomorrow. Huh? I said I'm leaving tomorrow. I'm going somewhere else to attend high school. Why? Didn't you hear me? I've been expelled. So, so I've got to go somewhere else and apply to another high school. I'll brag and say that my parents had a work transfer or something. My mum's already arranged everything. What about him? Him? You mean teacher? Well, I've obviously dropped him. I felt genuine concern for her as I looked back into her face. So that's what you came to tell me today? <laughs> no way! I didn't come running to my rival to tell her, "Hey, I'm giving your husband back to you tomorrow." But you obviously came to tell me that you broke up with him. Oh, I knew your coincidence. She lit up another cigarette and, grinning gleefully, continued, "Don't you get it?" I came to teach you how to make an omelet. That's just, but seriously, she lowered her eyes and ashed her cigarette. I think you're pretty sharp. Me? Why? Because she said slowly. You call it like it is. You said, I don't think you guys are going to last. And teacher and I really, really aren't made for each other. Huh? 
It's just that teacher and I are in the same boat, she went on. We've both been expelled. We've got nowhere to go. Even if you were to take him back, it would just big fat mess. Honestly, I don't like accepting disasters either, I said. That being said, in my life and work, it seems like I do nothing but take in messes. Well, that's good. The girl left at a quarter past five. As she left, she turned and told me, What's the flame? From start to finish, you've got to keep it just right. Not too high, not too low. That's how you make an omelette fluffy and delicious. What you just heard was the third story, Fake Fried Omelette, from the book The Sound of Salt Forming, Short Stories by the Post-80s Generation in China, published by the Foreign Language Teaching and Research Press in 2016. Join us next time on A Light on Literature for the next story, titled A Story of the End of the World. I'm Huang Rei. See you next time. Listening to Thick Fried Omelette, a short story selected from the book The Sound of Salt Forming, short stories by the post 80s generation in China. Edited by Song Gang and Yang Qingxiang, and published by the Foreign Language Teaching and Research Press. The author of the short story, Xu Tiao, was born in 1980 in Shanghai. She graduated from Fulan University with a master's degree in medical history and a bachelor's degree in intellectual history. She has published the novel A Boat Sailing to Gaoli, collections of essays, Human and Food Are Equal, A Cooking Wife's Diary, The Vitality Candy, Eat, Eat to Smile, and the translated work Taking Salmon on a Trip. She co-authored the illustrated book of fiction Footing Park, and her short story Deadly Delicious has been adapted as a film. tales of mystery and magic to accounts of battle and empire from the verses of ancient poets 
to the masterpieces of our times. A Light on Literature brings to life China's literary heritage and a look at the world in a new light. You have been listening to Thick Fried Omelette, a short story selected from the book The Sound of Salt Forming, short stories by the post-80s generation in China. Edited by Song Gang and Yang Qingxiang, and published by the Foreign Language Teaching and Research Press. The author of the short story, Xu Tiao, was born in 1980 in Shanghai. She graduated from Fulan University with a master's degree in medical history and a bachelor's degree in intellectual history. She has published the novel A Boat Sailing to Gaoli, collections of essays, Human and Food Are Equal, A Cooking Wife's Diary, The Vitality Candy, Eat, Eat to Smile, and the translated work Taking Salmon on a Trip. She co-authored the illustrated book of fiction Fuxing Park, and her short story Deadly Delicious has been adapted as a film. <laughs> 